This is a very, very good friend of mine, and she's probably going to hear me say this. Mm. But it's fine, she can hear me say this. Ooh. Oh my god! I know gosh. that it actually happens to adult males. Look at, look at Virgil almost dying on that side over there. <laughs> you know, they, they're not actually sure where the tampon is supposed to go, and they're like, it goes inside of you. Yes. Like, also, getting into the mental health and wellness yeah. space, but using the comedy aspect of it. So, this is the Colored Girls Rock podcast. It's the first one we're doing, which is really, really cool, because usually I just have a Facebook page, and I just assume that, you know, I just run a Facebook page. But I run a Facebook page with a lot of followers and with a lot of really awesome people. And they're very, very funny. And sometimes they're very, very sad, but mostly they're funny. (laughs) And there's some awesome people on it. So today, I actually have two guests in the studio with me. I have Faro Fortune who is an amazing person. But besides that, she's like this girl that has actually created an entire empire as far as I'm concerned. She's just got the craziest connections. She just does the most amazing things. She's actually just written a book, and I'm going to let her tell you about that right now. And I have Virgil Prince, who is a comedian, who is always on my case. He's, like, so funny, but he's so always on my case. So, yeah, so if you see me promoting comedy-type you know, comedy mm. stuff, it's because Virgil's actually convinced me that I need to actually promote comedy-type stuff. So, yeah, so I'll let them speak to you about their own stuff now so they can promote themselves a little bit, and then just ex- uh, we can just have a chat about what they do. Um, My name is Farah Fortune. I am the owner and director of African Star Communications. I also um, own and run an NPO called The Pad Run, and we distribute sanitary towels to young girls and women across the country who are in need. Um, And we also run workshops for them, um, for boys and girls, on menstruation and how that affects their lives. And we will be running workshops as of next year on sexual health for teens and how to prevent teenage pregnancies. And then I also just wrote a book with um, Dr. Nokanya Kanile and Tanda Zile and Lovu. Um, and the book is called Titty Talks Periods. And it's a kind of how-to guide for kids and parents to talk about um, menstruation and the awkward subject of menstruation and having your first period and what to do. At the back of the book, there's a step um, by step guide on how parents can navigate this conversation with their kids, and that's my latest project. And it's not a it's not a, a, a not a big book, guys. No. It's like it's an easy read. It's like I'm looking at the book Very now, easy. It's and I mean it's really 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 cool. I mean, it tells you, it breaks it down so nicely, and you know it's so diverse because you actually see you know children of color in a book, and I'm yes. going to say that unapologetically because it is what it is. So we have a Muslim boy called Tariq. In the book, because we wanted to represent the fact that, you know, these subjects are so taboo within certain religions or people just don't talk about them in certain households. And I mean, I'm Muslim and I come from a household that was very open speaking about it. So but I do know that most households, especially Muslim households, are not like that. So Tariq is Muslim. We have Layla, who is named after my daughter. But in the book, she represents someone who's white and then we also have Tiddy who is dark skinned little girl they're all approximately 10 years old and then we have um, a nurse in there as well we also have a non-binary teacher teacher Terry and then we also have mama who is um, Tiddy's parent and she's the one that has the conversation with Tiddy about her periods 
So the nice part of this book, and I'm, I've just like squizzed the, the last part of this book, and it actually has notes for parents, guys, mm-hmm. so, which is so cool because it says, let's get started, and it tells you, show the children the cover of the book. And I think this is great because I've got two boys, and I've got my daughter's my eldest, and then the, other, and the boys are the, young, are, the, are the two youngest ones. And I've never had this conversation with the boys. I, th- I assume that they'll just figure it out because there's two, other, there's two females in the house sort of thing. Yeah. But I've never actually had the conversation with him. Yeah. So this is actually a cool book because I'm actually just going to say, Tyler, here you go. Read the book. Okay? <laughs> but we have, just, we have two more books coming out after this. So the next book we have coming out in 2023 is TD Talks Sexual. It's not called TD Talks Sexual Health, but it's about sexual health for children. Just so we can talk about and be more open about um, kids' bodies and also how to spot abuse. And then the third book we'll be writing is Titty Talks LGBT Community, um, which will bring in an additional author because the three of us are not in that community. We are only allies. However, we need to have an insight. So we'll have an additional author and contributor on that book. That is so cool because there are so many kids that are struggling with that particular problem. And actually how to actually deal all the feelings and how to actually speak to anybody about it. 100%. Because households of color, we don't accept that our children can be gay. Yes. We're okay with our friends being gay. We're okay with our friends' children being gay. We understand all of that. We, mm-hmm. uh, we, we totally support everybody else, but we are not okay with our children being gay. I'll tell you why I say that, right? So one of my friends, a very, very close friend the other day, um, we're having this conversation, and one of her friends, one of her best friends is gay, and he works, he works for one of the banks. He's actually one of the high-up high managers in the banks, and um, she's always going out with him. And then she says, they were, she tells me um, it was the one day that the schools had off because the teachers, Kosato, had something going yeah. on in particular. And <clears throat> she took the kids to the park. And there was a gay person, like a gay guy in the park. And the boys obviously have not been exposed to, to, or to these kind of conversations mm-hmm. as well. And they asked, okay, what's wrong with that guy? As if there was something wrong with the guy. There was nothing yeah. wrong with the guy, but obviously he was gay. So they were, could not understand why he was different, why he mm. was speaking differently, all the rest of it. And that was an opening for her to have a conversation, but she didn't. She actually just said, if you guys are ever like that, I will kill you myself. And oh I was my like, God. how? How you even? Say that to a child? How even? I mean... You can't do that. And I mean, eventually, you know, because we're very good friends, I actually disagreed with her. And then I said to her, you know what, let's just agree to disagree because we're never going to come to like an understanding of how this conversation went. And like I said, this is a very, very good friend of mine. And she's probably going to hear me say this, Mm. but it's fine. She can hear me say this because honestly speaking, I feel that these are conversations we have Mm -hmm. to have with our kids. It's so important. And like for my kid, like my 14 year old, he doesn't know. He's not been exposed. Mm. Um, I think he might have been exposed a little bit, but Tyler is so busy playing Xbox. I don't know that he's actually you yeah. know, taken notice of anything. And because we went through two years of COVID where Ty- Tyler was at home and now Tyler is doing online schooling, Tyler doesn't get out much. Yeah. So these are the things I would need to do with him. And this is actually brilliant as far as these books are concerned because I feel that must bring him to one of our workshops we actually do uh, specific boys only workshops so we teach them we teach the boys how pads work how tampons work how menstrual cups work we get the boys to put the the pads on so you know and it's it for me it's funny but also just really informative because you watch these kids and they take these pads and they stick it like literally over their pants and they're like 
okay, is that not where it goes? Or they'll stick it on their thighs or, you know, they, they're not actually sure where the tampon is supposed to go. And they're like, it goes inside of you. Like, So for the boys, we're really just trying to destigmatize um, the topic of menstruation. So if you're at school and you see a girl and she gets a period and she bleeds through a skirt, it's not uh, something to make her ashamed of. Uh, which and, you it know, was when we were at school. Yes, of I course. Mean, if, you, if, if that happened to you at school, I mean, somebody would come, you would literally be the person sitting in your desk and you would literally tell the person behind you, when I get up, please make sure that my, that there's nothing, that there isn't anything on my gym. Which was, honestly yeah. speaking, I mean, we had those light blue gyms. Can you I remember. remember. And I mean, those things, yo, <laughs> you, just I remember. To, you just had to look at them sideways and they were dirty. I found a new radio station. It's my favorite radio station now. It's called Simply Smooth. And what I like is if I listen to 10 songs, eight of them I probably know all the words of. So I really, really enjoy it. The nice thing is, well, I like winning things and they give away prizes every single week. And the stuff that they give away is so cool. So listen to Simply Smooth, all the songs that you know and love. So one of the reasons that we had uh, the group of friends that is so diverse in the book for her is because we really wanted the kids to see and sort of understand, you know, this is how things work and you don't need to be ashamed about having a period. So the book is a series um, and, you know, because of the, the pad run, you know, we do... We do workshops, like I said, for boys and girls. We launched the book at a boys' school, actually, when we did the um, launch event. Um, and we just felt like, you know, it's been really important for us to get this across. And we've had so much, uh, we've had so much PR around it, but also so much attention because it's one of the few books that actually speaks to young people of color in this country on menstruation. In a way that actually... In a way that actually understands, but also it's one of the only local kids' books on menstruation, um, which is very unusual. For uh, for other countries, they have an abundance of these books, and you know, but we don't have access to that. Again, it's such a cultural thing um, in, in our households that we just don't talk about it. We hide it. We sort of sweep it under the carpet, and that's kind of it. Now, I feel bad because I feel I'm actually failing my boys because this is not a conversation I've had with them. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I want my kids to be the ones that when they actually have girlfriends, look at the one has a girlfriend. <laughs> so when they actually have girlfriends and, you know, they have wives, they must not feel ashamed of, of going to go and buy sanitary yeah. towels and, and tampons. And they must know what brands are the best ones and which ones they, they, their wives actually use. And I think that's why it's so unusual for us especially for me because I have three brothers and I grew up in a household when we when we got our period it was so painful you'd lay on the couch with a hot water bottle and you'd just be in absolute pain but uh, my brothers had no problem going to buy us tampons or pads they were never ashamed of it it was a normal thing for them to do to go and help us out um, and you know we're six kids three boys three girls so having three brothers who were very open about the subject was um, really good for us as well in, in that sense it wasn't something that we hid although I must say when I did get my period I was 11 years old and my mom didn't speak to me about it my dad did um, so my dad was the one who actually had this conversation with me. My dad was the one who showed me how to put a pad on. My dad was the one who took me to go and get my first bra. That's kind of amazing because, I mean, in the era where your father grew up or we are Yeah, grew definitely. Up, this is not a conversation. I mean, don't get me wrong. My father is not, you know, the most um, 
forward-thinking man when it comes to being modern in that sense. But it was something that happened that way because I think my mom was very sheltered. I mean, both my parents are Muslim. So, I mean, I, but my mom comes from a more sheltered um, upbringing. And therefore, it wasn't something she really spoke about. So, with my dad, it was something that was very easy for him. I think just because he had no choice, someone had to speak to us. Um, but I think just having done that conversation with my two older sisters already, it was just such a normal thing for him. So I didn't really have that issue. But, you know, one of uh, the biggest things we've had feedback about with this book is we've had a lot of single moms come to us and say, will you be writing a book for boys? And that's something that we've really taken into consideration. So we're actually... In the next book, we'll also be concentrating on Tariq and we'll be concentrating on what wet dreams are, what erections are, you know, and I, just... Look at, look at, look at, look at, almost dying on that side over there. And I'm like, was, actually like, oh my goodness, where are they going himself with himself so he can come into this conversation so I can hear what he wants to say. But it's basically, um, you know, we want to talk about, you know, and as three women, it's something that we don't know anything about. So we've actually gotten a focus group together of adult males. Um, and we're going to be, they're going to be contributing to our next book because we're going to be speaking to them about, you know, their experiences with wet dreams and their first erections and, you know, hair growing. Please add circumcision to that because, like, I mean, I definitely. think it's something we don't speak about. And no, definitely. Again, by just looking at <laughs> you, where are you going with this woman? So I think, you know, like the next book very much encompasses that as well. And we just want the boys to see that, you know, they're also being heard. And, and we do understand that. You know, up until the other day, I was actually speaking to a, a guy who is 37 years old at this present time, a black male, and he was telling me how awkward it was having the, his wet dreams because he didn't know what was happening to his body. He was so scared that something wasn't okay with him. He says he remembers having to... They had visitors over one night and, and he had to sleep in his mom's bed. And he was so scared. He was like, please don't happen to me tonight. Because he was like, I just remember not being able to control this. And he said that was the most embarrassing thing. So he was like, I remember having to sleep in my mom's bed that night and just thinking, please, God, don't let me have wet dreams. Please. Like he was like, I didn't sleep the whole night because I was so scared it was going to happen to me. And then he was like, it only happened at night. So for me as a woman, as big as I am, I didn't even know. Like what this experience was like for men. Here so going, I'm like, oh I my know god, that it actually happens to adult males. Do you know that I'm sitting here going, oh my word, how do I not know this? No, to <laughs> to boys, to like when they still yes, young. But I, I mean, know, but does it happen to adult males? I don't. No, but that's the thing we don't know. So we've had okay, to get that's, this. That's that's where you need yeah. to answer. <laughs> so that's where we got like we have. So we have this focus group coming in, and and they're gonna be helping us speak about what happens to boys when. You know, when they're young. And I am so interested in this conversation because I am clueless. Like the CJR Facebook page, we have over 240,000 people that are part of our community already. And we have so much fun sharing all sorts of content. The content is basically everything that matters in our community. Sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad, sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's just fun. But it is everything that we could possibly use to just be part of our community. So, okay, let's go to Virgil. So, Virgil can tell us what he does. 
Hi guys, um, so my full name is Virgil Prince, but um, for those of you who know me, you know I'm the comedian formerly and informally known as Prince, <laughs> um, named after the artist formerly known as Prince. Ah, okay. <laughs> but his surname is actually Prince, right? Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, 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 it's a long story. I'm a comedian. Um, for those of you who know me, I've obviously been in Johannesburg doing comedy for a couple of years now. I'm from the Eastern Cape originally, um, East London to Peace Pacific. And yeah, people would have seen me performing on Comedy Central, Showmax, um, DSTV, SABC, all over the place. So um, And your videos are on YouTube? Cause I'm, I actually I'm on have, YouTube. Yeah. Well, what I do is I upload as many videos as possible onto my YouTube channel. Just so when people want to book me or whatever, they're not sure. I just send them the link and they can scroll and watch and make their decisions whether they want me, whether they don't want me. You know, that type of thing. I think even with you, you were like, send me clips. Uh, I, I, I was like, here's the link. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, like I have specific comedians that I watch, okay? So I, I watch Trevor Noah because he's cute. <laughs> I watch Mark Lotching because he's funny. He's mm-hmm. he's like just, I mean, just Mark wakes fabulous. up and he's funny. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. And I watch um, Riyad Musa because I like his kids. So oh, I have snap. different reasons why I like, why I, why I like specific comedians. Like, yeah. you know, so I, I'm not always... Um, up to date with who the most who current, the, who ones, the current are ones are. But I mean, since I've been working with you guys, I actually know now, you know, you, I've seen the, the especially yeah. like on Thursday night when we the, you Couple guys shows, um, did yeah. a Jason Goliath show. Yeah. There were some other comedians that you brought into it, which was a brilliant show, by the way, because they yeah. didn't just do Jason. They actually had Prince there. They actually had um, yeah. Eric Janssen was there. They had, yeah, they, they had like about, I think, three or four yeah, guys that, you know, we generally don't see. Okay. But because everybody was there to see Jason, it was actually amazing because you actually realized yeah. the other guys were hugely funny. You just yeah. don't actually see them. It's a good opportunity to see the exposure. others. There's a lot of comedy happening all the time everywhere. Okay. Right. So currently, unfortunately, due to COVID, we don't have a comedy club anymore uh-huh. where I can direct you to. So back in the day, I could say you want comedy, you go to Parker's Comedy Club. Okay. You want comedy, you go to the Goliath Comedy Club. If you're in Cape Town, you go to the Cape Town Comedy Club. You know, it was easy to direct people. Now it's a bit harder because now if you want to find comedy, you have to follow a comedian on social media uh-huh. and oh, kind you have of to follow see me because I actually post some people's posters. But I'm some go you must you, you must post like everybody because there's a ton of shows everywhere. They even have um, so this week the show I'm doing on Wednesday is um, Def Jam Africa. They've been running now for about almost three months, two or three months. I've never been there. This will be my first encounter. But if you know Def Jam, Def Jam Africa, yeah. Oh, I used it's to new. I used to watch Def Jam Comedy Club when I was yes. my age, but still like I used Martin to watch Lawrence it. Yes. And oh my gosh! Chris and you know all these old. So cool where's that happening? So this is somewhere I believe in Sunning Hill. It will be my first time, so I'm also looking forward to see exactly what it is that they are um, presenting over there. Um, but surely it is something interesting, you know, Def Jam. For those, if you know Def Jam, you know I'm Def Jam. I'm definitely going to that. Yeah. So, but also, yeah. what's your what's your handles? Yeah, because mine is at Prince you. underscore VR. Prince P R I N S underscore VR. Okay, so in case you guys have just started listening or you skipped some of this because you were bored, and I don't think you should have been bored, but okay. My guest today is Farah Fortune, and yeah, so far as I can't even give you a rundown of what she does because she just does so. What do you describe yourself as? If someone's like Farah, so. What do you do? Instead of saying, okay, here's a list of what I do, what do you say, who are you? Um, I always say I'm a business, businesswoman and um, business empowerment speaker. 
because okay. uh, I do a lot of speaking and I do a lot of workshops. So yeah. I work in two specific fields besides um, the NPO that I run. So um, besides the menstruation field, yeah. I also work within the mental health field as well. So oh, I do a snap. lot of mental health workshops um, because it's something I deal with as well. You know, at the, um, for me, I've always struggled with my mental health mm-hmm. just purely because... I think we all live. You know, it's just a, um, a case of understanding who I am, the pressures of work, being a mom, mom yeah. guilt, you know, yeah. not being home, traveling, doing all these things. Let so me tell you a little bit about what we do now. So so the COVID pandemic came along and it really changed the mindset of comedians. I'm assuming artists at large, but yes, you'll definitely. tell me, but our mindsets have really changed now, right? So we've We've taken um, all the things we relied on previously from an industry perspective. We've now like taken the power into our own hands, you know. Mm-hmm. So where we normally needed production companies, now we are buying equipment and starting our own, you know, where we needed, used to need like a booking agency. Yeah. Now we're setting up like a web page or mm-hmm. whatever and becoming our own agencies. So one of the things we did was, uh, so I have a business partner, we started a company. You know, it was really disturbing in in, um, COVID where you came to realize that this thing that you're passionate about, this thing that you love is considered a non-essential service. When push comes to shove, (laughs) you know, when push comes to shove, you're not that important because you are what? Entertainment. Sometimes we're not looking for entertainment. So we've had to like think outside the box and be like, okay, cool, comedy, laughter, all of this. Um, There's surely value in that greater than entertainment, you know. So one of the things that we've also been venturing into with our company is um, doing like staff motivation, um, stress reliever sessions, um, also getting into the mental health and wellness space, but using the comedy aspect of it.